Today I want to I want to talk with you a little about uh, Alone Together again. You know, one sure. of the first one of the first records I bought when I started buying vinyl was <laughs> this. And at the time, I honestly I didn't know who Dave Mason was, and I saw this great vinyl and I bought the vinyl and I put right. it on, and my world was open. So thank you, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. And. I know you have uh, you have your your uh, re-release or the the re the reworked versions of the album coming out in a month, and so I want to I want to talk to you a little about that and how did uh, how did the impetus of the re-recordings come about? Oh, beautiful! You did it up. There's the CD version. I love it. I love it. And you've got the new version of you. And, it's, sure and it's being it's being done on on vinyl too. So yeah, is it? And oh it's yeah. gonna have yeah, uh, yeah. the the new you versus the yeah yeah. It'll it'll be this, it'll be this, but but it'll be this, but vinyl. Terrific. You know, it'll be vinyl like that. Oh, everyone will be different, of course, because there was no way to control <laughs> the uh, colors in the press. So they all turn out unique, different, and yeah. We'll see what happens. That's wonderful. And you, you had toured this record a few years ago, right? Had done full full band shows of just this. I've been playing these songs for for fifty years. And I'm not touring, you know. But as a, as a whole, didn't you do one tour or a couple tours that was just you were going to play one set of Alone Together, and then uh, one with a couple of your uh, your hits. Uh. Yeah, I think we did. I think we did something like that. Um, I don't know if I've ever. We'd probably split split it up, but I. But the point is, I mean, I'm like the songs of uh, a lot of them. I mean, I've just been doing it for so long. It just they've, they've never not been in the set. So you know, it's an ongoing thing. And and you indicated the reason that you re-recorded it was you were never satisfied with the vocals on the original. I you know I know the original. I love the vocals in the original. Not really. I don't. I don't really. It's my, not my um, uh, no. Uh, I mean, I'm a guitar player. Good singing and all that stuff. Something you had to do in order to get gigs when you were younger. So I mean, I'm really a guitar player. But so I just taught myself to sing and write and do the rest of it. But essentially I'm, I am a guitar player. So singing wise, no, I really wasn't. Um, and never, I was never really happy with it. Um, and the songs are great and there's some good stuff and there's some cool stuff on that beginning album. Um, uh, the songs just are strong. They, they, I mean, they just hold up, <clears throat> you know, even now. Because I write pretty much tend to write timeless themes. Yeah, they're great songs. So the themes of the songs are pretty much timeless. Um, how they sound, how they're produced, audio-wise is, you know, you can, <laughs> you can, you know, you, what, you know, whatever the flavor of the month is, you could do it that way. <laughs> it's a lot. Of, you can interpret the songs any way you want. Um, a lot of my songs, I mean, uh, so. The songs hold up and doing the album again was really, it was not just that, it was really just a, um, I was really doing it for my own amusement, frankly. And a lot of the stuff on there 
like Sad and Deep as You, uh, which to me is so much one. Well, there's a couple of things in there that to me are better, a lot better than the originals, like Sad and Deep as You. Uh, but that's a track that I cut. Um, I mean, that's 10, 15 years ago that I cut that track. It's live. It's live from an XM radio show. Oh, wow. So some of these albums were, uh, some of the tracks were cut at various times. And Yeah, I've been, I've been piddling around with this for 10, 15 years. <laughs> so, um, and World in Changes um, was the new, my new, the new arrangement of it, which personally I really like. And that just was something that was taking one of my songs and, um, you know, re just pick, coming up with some different way to do it. Um, and reggae's always been a big part. I'm English, you know, we have, there's a large Jamaican population in England, always has been. So reggae music has been, has always been part of my sort of background. So floating into that groove is, was just easy. Um, but the song holds up, but, but it's world and changes. I mean, that song's about as current as you could possibly get. <laughs> yeah, that, that's wonderful. I mean, do you look back and, and wonder how a 24 year old you was so, you know, had that insight in the, and I just, I don't know the wisdom to put it down as you did back then. Well, that, that, <laughs> I mean, the, <clears throat> The point about the, the is is they're really they're just very personal songs. They're about moments, but they're about moments that um, that are just timeless. They're just things that things between that happen that never change. You know, laughter. You know, hate, love, greed, all the human traits that don't change. Yeah, <laughs> nothing yeah, changes. Nothing really changes. Just the rest of it changes around us. So writing world in changes. Um, I mean, it's always in changes. It doesn't. We're just in a uh, heightened form of change right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Well, I'd imagine it's. It must have been like this. I wasn't around, but in the late '60s, you know, it seemed uh, as I read history, it was also. A time of massive changes, not unlike right well, now. Well, it's been massive change. I mean, I came out of a, you know, this, um, you know, five years of the war, of the whole world being at war. I'm that product. I'm out out of this. So change is always happening, and it's always going to be happening. So, to write a song like that really is the reason why it's current. It was current then. It's current now. It'll be current tomorrow. <laughs> it's just world yeah. changes. Um, so a lot of the songs are timeless, so that's why, um, and they and I've done keep I've done a lot of them on the show, and they seem to hold up. Um, there's been a few versions, cover versions of Only You Know and I Know. There's been a few cover versions of Sad and Deep as You. Um, so anyway, the rest of it, you know, cutting that world and changes, which are made di different, but you'll still be able to get. Um, the new old version if you want that if you if you have if you insist on being a purist and you have to go that way then i cut a version of it that way so, um, <laughs> so um 
but anyway, part of it too is I think, like the original, for instance, the original album, which is, you know, I came here, I was 22 years of age when I cut that album. And uh, I didn't know anybody here. So uh, Tommy LaPuma, who co-produced the album, sort of, you know, they brought the musicians in who were just all great musicians in LA at the time. Um, but if I'd have had that band on the road for about a month before going in and actually cutting that record, I probably would not be redoing it now, actually. Yeah, I mean, you, the, the, the players. It would, have, it would have a little more energy to it. It'd have a little more, guys would know it. They'd be just, they'd be playing it and not thinking about it while they're doing it. You know, because you're in a studio, you just here's the song, guys. You know, go ahead, play. Let me hear what you're going to do to it. I mean, you you got you know maybe a few hours to interpret a song, rather than being out there on the road and let them just play it. You know, so for that reason, this redo um, has a lot of that in it because they're all they're all, they're all except for World and Changes, they're all cut live. Those tracks, they're in the studio. But I'm playing, everything's being played live. It's right there and then. You're so talking the, the, orig the original you're, you're talking about? Or the new the new version? The new, the re-record of Alone okay. Together. Okay. It's all cut live from my, you know, the most of my live band. So everything's live in the studio. There's no overdubs. Only overdubs in my vocal <laughs> after cutting everything. So they have a, they have a live energy to them, which which the original didn't have. They're great and they're good and the songs are cool, but this just has a little more in there. Yeah, more. I, I, that's a, probably how I would describe it as well. And the, the original album, which I feel is a masterpiece, it has that laid back Laurel Canyon vibe to it. The new has a lot of punch to it. The band is up front. It is a more rockin' album. It's uh, it definitely has uh, a more in-your-face, uh, I'll say, punch to it. And, um, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's they're because they're live. They, they've been played, you know, so they have that energy, which which is cool. <laughs> yeah, man. And, you know, you, you alluded to the, you know, the players you had on the record. And it's like a, a mythological group of musicians, obviously, whom you've had, you had relationship before. Oh, and, the, oh and, the original Alone Together, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, well, they were all, I mean, I kind of knew, um, I mean, I knew Carl Radel and I knew um, a couple of the guys from Delaney and Bonnie, because uh, I knew Delaney and Bonnie band, and so I knew Reader a little bit. And also, I was knew Leon a little, because um, he had a band at the time, he had his own album going, I think. He had a band called the Asylum Choir. Sure. Um so yeah, I mean it was a great group of guys. Great I mean two great drummers, Jim Cowton and Jim Gordon. Um and uh like I said, I mean I was I, <laughs> they were all pulled in by uh by Tommy LaPuma, who co produced it with me. So yeah, it was great. Great players. A lot of a lot of guys from a lot of players from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. Um in terms of timeline, you know, you mentioned the Delaney and Bonnie and the, the Tulsa players. 
was was your involvement with them prior to alone together or did it stem out of yeah no i knew i i I knew i was aware of them before that and uh that tour the tour like i've got this album right here um now the uh, tour when we opened for uh well that and then the uh we opened for uh, Blind Faith, you know, Delaney Bonnie opened, op- opened a number of Blind Faith t- shows. And I was playing guitar with them at the time, so. I, I think that's phenomenal. And and they're tremendous. I mean, I love. I oh, love they're a great band. Are you kidding? They were awesome. <laughs> yeah. What, you know, coming from Traffic at the time, which is the complete, complete opposite of what this is, what, what in the sensibility of Delaney and Bonnie and what they were doing attracted you to to do that, to go on tour with them and play and get involved in this, you know, distinctly American music. Well, because because the fact of the matter is it's all American music. <laughs> yeah, you guys you guys you brought it, it back. I mean, you always, took it over and brought did. it back. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after traffic, um, I just figured I would just and and I wasn't known here. Um, like you said, when you, 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 the packaging, which was cool, made you pick up a loan together and then you find out who Dave Mason was. Otherwise I wasn't really known here. Um, but I thought after, after traffic, my, at that point I was just, you know, I'm just to hell with it. I'm just going to go where, I'm going to go where the music started. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to go get next to where it all started happening. So that's, was big reason why I moved over here. And and I, I read somewhere that Graham Parsons was a, a key Graham, influence. Yeah. Well, Graham, uh, I had known Graham, met him in England when he was um, hanging around with the Stones in the Olympic Studios. So we got to know each other. And so um, I think Graham originally introduced me to Delaney and Bonnie at the Palomino Club over in, in San Fernando Valley. And I, um, I, I kind of stayed on his, slept on his couch when I first came here for a little while. I mean, I just came with a, ba- a guitar and a bag. That's incredible. He's one of the, you know, obviously the unsung heroes of of music, who yeah, before my time. But you know, now he's revered as an icon, and it's sad at flying burrito I, brothers. <laughs> yeah, totally. And what was that? Pal- I, I'm fascinated. I'm I'm in LA. I was too young for the Palomino, but I know all about the history of the Palomino and a lot of legendary, legendary uh, acts there, including you guys. What what was the scene yeah. like in the late late '60s, early '70s? Uh, well, my, my yeah, I mean, for, I'm sort of pretty much yeah. I mean, I would I was here in '68, '67. So the Palomino is just a big bar with a stage in one corner. <laughs> it it had a, a lean leaning <laughs> towards Americana music though, right? Country, honky tonk. Yeah, um, more or less. But you had people like Delaney and Bonnie and um Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah. Um who I, feel, who I feel like fit all on that timeline and that, that framework of, of what it is, which is distinct from LA because, you know, even, you know, hearing that a band like Delaney Abani, who most of the band members were from Tulsa, but hearing that they came out of LA, you know, just seems 
you know, they should come out of the South. That's where they should be based, where it feels like. So it's always interesting to me that we, that in LA, that that country scene has, has been there. And even in the 80s, it evolved to, you know, the Dwight, Dwight well, Yoke. Yeah, no, it's been there. I mean, it's been in California, period. I mean, you know, you got, um, you go up to, uh, you know, Fender Miles to Fresno, you're in Buck Owen, Buckaroo, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you're in Buck Owen's country. So, um, I mean, country's always sort of been out there in a way, and it's in, it's, it's, it's in, it's in the music. It's you, I mean, you can hear it in the Eagles stuff. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, that's the, to me, the Eagles are the mainstream burrito brothers. Right. You know. So that it's always kind of been around there, I suppose. Um, you know, uh, yeah, man. Well, I want to I want to ask you a little more about the the time period, particularly around Alone Together, because uh, you know it's a fascinating to me, and I think a lot of people who will be listening to this, and a lot of people who are students of music history, find um, that period and, and your involvement in the All Things Must Pass sessions and the Derek and the Dominoes, and even with Mama Cass, in just such a a compact period of time, and and I want to ask you a little about. Uh, particularly the Derek and the Dominoes, because I, I was just doing some research as to what you know timelines look like, and I saw that Alone Together, this came out in uh, July of 1970, right. and the first show that you did with um, with Derek and the Dominoes was in June of 1970, and so I'm curious when you were when you were doing that, you know, obviously you know Derek and the Dominoes did their thing. Were was your thought that you were going to do a solo solo thing and be in a band? How how did it? What was your thought, just in general? Because you had the record coming out, you had <laughs> this making awesome a band. Going. <laughs> I well, I mean, the the record. I see. I always thought it was. I, I'd always in my mind that it came out in January 1970. But the fact of the matter is, it was. I think I. Kind of, I I finished it around January. It was done. Yeah, that's fair, right. It was 1970, uh, and then it came out a few months later. Um, so I was just, you know, I was just, I was just same. I was in the same space I I'd been in when I arrived. I just, you know, bagging a guitar. It wasn't there was nothing going on. I had no single, no record out. So I was, you know, floating around doing whatever was going, whatever was happening. And I was never looking to be. I mean, I never got into this to be a, quote, rock star, okay? There's a few great rock stars. Steven Tyler's a rock star. Mick Jagger is a rock star. <laughs> I just, that was never my go, my drive. Mine was, just, mine was just to make music, make some money, have a great time, meet some girls. That was the impetus when I started. <laughs> yeah. Uh, amen. That's a motto that for was life. It. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, so being that out front guy for me is a little, you know, um, I like being part of a band. I like being part of it, but I like the option, which was always my idea with traffic, which was kind of never worked out where it's like, there's a unit, but you, you know, just because somebody's doing something different, let you know, go off and do whatever you're doing. But 
the unit seems to have a lot of strength more than the individual, which it does. Um, but the differences, unfortunately, create situations where people just can't figure out how to make them blend and work. So it all goes different ways. But um, but yeah, no, I mean, I I I was free. I knew these guys. And I knew everybody, and so it was like, yeah, you're in. <laughs> You can be part of Derek and the Dominoes. Okay, cool. <laughs> and because there was nothing going on for me, I had to do whatever I wanted. So I went back and started seeing where that would go. And um, do you have any? Do you have any recollection of the the session uh, with Phil Spector uh, for to tell the truth? And uh, uh, what is it? Roll roll it roll it over. I forget what we did. Oh, what I, 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 to be honest with you, um, um, so I, I don't even know exactly what tracks it was. I just remember more the fact that, 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 um, I mean, it, the problem, the problem was it was right at the time, I think for me personally, it was right at the time when Eric got, um, involved in heroin. Which is public knowledge. I mean, he's made enough. Of course. Exactly not hidden. So things for me, <laughs> there was a lot of sitting around doing nothing, <laughs> and I just got kind of frustrated at the end. I mean, we did a show at the, we did one show at the Hammersmith Hammersmith Odeon, and so I decided, you know, I just went, you know, to hell with this. I'm just going to go back to the states, I guess. I, um. But as you know, but the thing is, the work whatever worked out worked out great because they finished up making you know Layla, great totally. album, yeah. Totally. You know, but that was know. what that was what was kind of going on uh, for me at the time. I just we couldn't just sit around doing you know like okay, what, what are we gonna do, guys? <laughs> so yeah, it was more of a of a frustration on my part with where things were at at the time. It's a fascinating pit stop on the in rock and roll history. So it's yeah. Well, I'd known Eric. I mean, a little bit on and off from England, obviously not very well. Um, and uh, actually, at one point, when Cream broke up, uh, myself and Ginger Baker and a guy named Bobby Gass, because Ginger wanted to put something new together, we were going to there was put a group together called Salt. <laughs> which we kind of fooled around with for about a month. And then I just said, well, you know, this is not, this is too much like cream and I ain't Eric Clampton. And just, no, this is not going to work for me. So that kind of fell apart. But I was just floating around doing whatever, anything, um, until Alone Together came out. And, and on, you know, on Alone Together, on this idea of having the, the group unit, I read that the songs from Alone Together you had been, you know, been writing for about two years. Yeah. Before. So, and at some of that time, I'm imagining you were you were in traffic. Was any of the idea for some of these tunes to be recorded uh, with them? And then after you left traffic, they would have all been. Well, I, it, the thing is, is that in the end, I didn't leave. The thing is, I had to leave. <laughs> some of those songs would have been, yeah, they would have been on the third Traffic album, for sure. Not all of them, I doubt. 
but some of them were uh, did you did you have so, an opportunity to share well, they, them let alone to get it <laughs> and no other option it was like okay <laughs> just give it a shot i'll see what happens <laughs> did you ever have the opportunity to share uh, any of the songs during that period uh with them no and then after after in, in that two years, uh, were you uh, recording any of them or was it just culling all the songs together um, for this? For this I didn't record project? anything until I was, until um, LA and alone together. That's a good, good first start. And then I'm guessing right after that, was that when you did the Mama Cass? Uh, uh, <laughs> then I did the thing with, with Cass, um, mainly because she was, uh, Graham had taken me up to her house when I first got here to go say hi, visit, get introduce me around. Uh, and it turned out there were a couple living there that were really good friends of mine from England that I didn't know were there. It was like, oh my God, people I know. This is great. So I spent a lot of time going up there because of that. And out of that, got to know Cass really well and just and that's it just and that thing just came out of sort of you know like you know after knowing somebody a long time and being there and dinners and parties and just hanging out um and making sometimes making some music together you know sitting around it was like well we should just record something <laughs> it sort of came out of that you know it was um she her she and her place were were a, were a somewhat for me as a sanctuary you know i mean i'm 22 23 and i'm <laughs> basically 7000 miles from home and don't really know anybody here so it, it became a sort of little place to go yeah, familiar there's been a number of artists over the years whose interviews I've seen or who I've spoken to who've said similar things about uh, about Cass's place and just general uh, Cass as the ultimate um, mama of the Los Angeles scene. Yeah, Cass is cool. She had a great sense of humor. Yeah, man. She was and the she was she was the she should have been the should have been the the contemporary Sophie Tucker is who Cass should have been. And is it is it right that uh, she she was originally uh, going to be the producer of the album? I read that somewhere also, and I don't I don't know if that's a, a fact or not. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's whoever whoever reissued uh, the album a few years ago had it on their uh, on their like liners. So that's a that's an error right there. All right, and last, last, last question for you. Um, actually, I don't. I, I think you, you, you answered most of it. I, I just want to say, thank you for this. Thank you for the great music. Oh, I know what I wanted to. I remember now. You know, I, I, I read also that the masters for this uh, were destroyed in the two thousand eight fire, which makes. Oh, it, I, I understand. Yeah, the original masters I think were destroyed in the Universal Fire, and that, which is terrible, and it makes it more important that you've re-recorded the, these songs. And I'm curious, uh, you know, some artists weren't 
you know, they didn't know for until the article came out a couple of years ago. Were, right. were you aware um, or did you learn um, at this time when it became more public knowledge? Uh, um, yeah, just when it was public knowledge. Bummer. We're, we're all, we're, the, we're just the artists. We're just, you know, we're all the last to know. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, the CD, which is redone, which is really good, guys, is um, you can go to DaveMasonMusic.com is where it will be available. Um, you can pre-order, and it is going to be in vinyl. So uh, all you vinyl freaks out there. All of us. All of us. At least you don't have to use the album jack to clean your pot anymore. I, never, oh, I, no I still do. I still do. <laughs> I do. So, right, that's, that's part of the nostalgia of it all. I, okay, good. Yeah. Good. Part of the ritual. Yeah, totally. <laughs> do, you still, do you still have your records or spin any? any I have uh, there. Well, we're kind of live over here living for... I mean, we're kind of in... I'm in limbo, basically, and I'm... Um, until I can get back to work. So right. I'm, you know, fortunate that we're sitting it out here that we, I happen to have a, 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 you know, my wife and I have a place here. And so I'm just basically everything else is in storage. So well, some kind, so some kind of normalcy gets back in. Uh, hopefully, hopefully sooner or later. And hopefully we'll see you on the road. Yeah. Rocking and rolling brother. Well, Dave, right, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. I appreciate all the great music. You're welcome. Look forward to connecting again. Thank you. Cheers. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye-bye.